Welcome to the Billy Jenkins Listening Club. Short webcasts, or what I like to call, in keeping with my photographic interests, snapcasts, offering a unique oral insight into Billy Jenkins, the man and his music. This episode is entitled Drumming the Blues with Mike Pickering. I ask myself What makes me stay In the early 1990s, Billy, becoming mindful of the risk of repetition in improvisation with the Voice of God Collective, while also mentally and physically feeling the onset of the male menopause, found himself being drawn back to the blues. And this snapcast features a song entitled Every Night You Turn Away, from his first blues album entitled S.A.D. On the sadtimes.co.uk website, there is a comprehensive biography which tells the story of the Blues Collective. It details that it was in 1995 when Billy's producer, Tony Messenger, recommended that he should listen to harmonica player Jerry Ty. Hearing Jerry and orally visualising how he would meld perfectly with his first choice rhythm section of Voice of God Collective members Thad Kelly on double bass or bass guitar and Mike Pickering on drums, the seeds for Billy's first blues album were thus planted. This core trio with Thad and Mike would drive the rhythm of Billy's blues music for the next dozen or so years. Billy recalls a couple of fascinating discussions he once had with Mike about the unique interactive properties of the musical trio and with the guitarist's belief in music being his religion came the logical thought. The basic blues song format is created around just three chords based on the root, the subdominant and the dominant or the first, fourth and fifth notes of a major scale. With the importance of this relationship between these musical intervals having always been timelessly relevant, Billy considered these three notes to be a musical holy trinity. And what better sized ensemble to create a blues foundation with than a three-piece rhythm section, another holy trinity? I took myself over to South East London to talk to drummer Mike Pickering about his work with the Blues Collective. 
But first, I asked him about how he came to play the blues. I understand that you once said to a teacher at school that you were going to be a drummer in a blues band. <laughs> yeah. And that's what you did. Yeah, funnily enough, I, d I did. That only dawned on me later <laughs> when I was actually doing it. But I do remember the one careers interview I went to about 14 or 15 or whatever it is. Um, I do remember saying, I just want to play in a blues band. So I must have been into, I think I was just getting into the sort of Stones and Hendrix and and blues. I'd really got into blues, sort of John Lee Hooker and yeah. So I don't know why I said that then so young, but I did. <laughs> and I did, I'd forgot about it till years later because I was never in a blues band till I joined Billy's. <laughs> so what did you do in the interim? In the interim, well, I actually, I actually got drum lessons from about the age of 13 um, with, funny enough, one of the sort of British establishment blues band drummers, uh, Rick Lee from 10 years after. Um, and I, he just happened to live in, in my, or move into my village. And I, I, I had lessons with him quite early on. So that was, that was good. And then I think when I was about 18 or 19, they went on a 20th anniversary of Woodstock tour. <laughs> uh, I used to call them 40 years after at the time. And uh, yeah, he took me took me on the road for sort of three week tour of Germany as his drum roadie, which fantastic. was which was fantastic. Yeah, really good, amazing. And we had Leslie West and Mountain were supporting supporting the band, so it was good. Leslie West used to call me Ginger all the time, Ginger Baker. Because I guess I was sort of had sort of short, spiky hair and a sort of beard, and very skinny at the time. And I, I actually never had to do any any lifting of Rick's gear. I was just sound checking his drums. Basically, it wasn't it wasn't sort of roadying like I had to lift anything in. But I had to I just set up his drums and sound checked them every night and and hung out. Yeah, it was it was good. <laughs> I then asked Mike about the formation of the Blues Collective and Billy's fascination with what he calls his holy trinity. Now, I understand you had some role in actually putting together the Blues Collective. Did I? Okay, maybe. I believe that you Well, made... originally it was me and just me and Thad and Billy. Yeah, trio. Yeah, so I probably did because I was playing a lot with Thad at the time. Um, yeah, so that probably is how it started. Yeah, yeah, we probably started a, did a rehearsal. Yeah, and it was it was good. I re I really liked that first that first blues album particularly, just the purity of it and just the three of us. It's amazing. It's really really good. Is that SAD? Yeah, it's fantastic. And the sound on that record, I really really enjoy as well. Um, the reverbs and, but it's yeah, fantastic. I, c uh, I don't know if there's any other. Did anyone else play on that? Well, the fun horns make an appearance on that. Yeah, and Jerry Ty might have done some harmonica. I don't know if Dave Ram put something on afterwards, but I, I remember being, I'm sure in the studio, it was just me and Thad and Billy out in, um, in Tony Messenger's place out in Farningham somewhere. 
Oh, fantastic. <laughs> where we recorded a few things. But yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Billy usually enters a recording studio to make an album when he pretty much knows what musical colours and personnel he'll be using. So, for the SAD album, he first took his Holy Trinity trio into the studio to lave down the 12 tunes. One for each bar of the blues, he quipped. Knowing that Whispering Jerry Ty's harmonica and, on the track that this snapcast is focused on, Dave Ram's organ would then be woven into the tapestry of the music. I asked Mike whether he had any memories about the recording sessions. Um, I do. I remember. I just remember. Well, it was always. It's always quick with Billy. You know, you just get in and play, um, and he trusts you to. You know, he likes. He likes letting musicians do what's what they're going to do. So he picks people, picks people that he knows, um, that he can trust, and yeah, that was. I think it's very sort of bare bones, just trio blues, in the tradition of British blues bands. You know, was, which I feel I'm part of in a way. Um, I think there is a sort of tradition of sort of British mid mid to late sixties blues bands. Um, which I know Billy came through, and I certainly listened to lots of that sort of stuff. Um, but I think the sound on that record, I remember, I just, I do remember being in that studio and and really enjoying what I was hearing coming back through the cans and and playing, and really enjoying just playing the ride cymbal. <laughs> <laughs> just the space, I think the space is fantastic on that. Yeah, easy. It was very easy. It's always one, you know, first take or second take if someone's messed up, and that's it. And fantastic. and killing guitar sound I mean really and playing amazing really never heard anything like it take your head off fantastic and with the sound of Billy's guitar and his ride cymbals still happily reverberating in his memory I quietly took my leave of Mike but not before thanking him for his time and I'll leave you the listener with a bit more of every night you turn away from SAD released on the Babel label in 1997. The album is available to listen to on many popular streaming platforms or can be downloaded from your favourite online store. By paying for the tracks, you will be helping Billy to continue his life's work. You can find out more at billyjenkins.com. Thank you for listening.
ask myself What makes me stay Turn away.